0: Mastermind.
1: It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Hey, fuck
0: yeah. And now,
1: the one, the only, Adam Sank!
0: Bottom. Hello,
1: everyone. It is Adam Sank, and you're listening to the Adam Sank Show. Welcome to my ass. Today is Sunday, December 10th, and if you are listening to this right now, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, then you're listening live, which means you can call us at 844-TALK-DNR. I need to tell you guys that old episodes of The Ass are now appearing on iTunes. You can download them for free at any time. We have the first eight episodes up, and I'm adding new ones every week. Um, And I've been listening to the old shows, and one big change from the 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 early days is that you guys used to call in we used to get lots of phone calls and we don't anymore except for charles from cornhole whom i love but i would love to hear from others as well so give us a call 844 talk dnr you might be on hold for a while but we will talk to you and find out what's on your mind um so as i said go to itunes uh just Type in Adam Sank Show. You can listen to those back episodes. Tweet about us and uh, Facebook about us using hashtag ass. You can email me with your questions and comments and hate at adam at adamsank.com. And you can also like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Type hashtag ass into your browser and you'll find it. Today, I am thrilled, first of all, to welcome back everyone's favorite guest co-host, Ryan Frosty. Come on, everyone. Hello, Hello, Frostpig. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back to my ass. It's good to be back to the ass. Also on the show today, um, I'm so excited about this. This, uh, this, this man is a legend, um, particularly for those of us like me who are lifelong Howard Stern fans. Jackie, the joke man, Martling is yes. going to be on the show, Ryan. He's going to be joining us live. He's written a tell-all book uh, called The Joke Man, Bow to Stern. Mm. It's a little play on words there because he he used to, he bowed to Howard Stern. And uh, I read the book in its entirety and there's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of really, he doesn't, he doesn't trash Howard or the show, but he reveals a lot about himself, about what went on, particularly around the time that he left and why he left and, and all of the things that were sort of gossiped about on the show, but we never really got the facts and, and he, he just puts it right out there. He spills the tea. He spills the tea. Plus, he's just like a hilarious guy and a legendary comedian who's been been around for 50 years. So, um, we are going to be talking to him at the bottom of the hour. If you have any questions you'd like me to ask Jackie, call us at 844-TALK-DNR. We also uh, have many, many things to talk about. And, of course, we have to start with the Pervnado.
2: Pervnado.
1: The sequel. I think we're up to Pervnado Part 26 now. Yeah. You guys, this is so insane. This story, because uh, as our as our guest Henry Goldblatt from Entertainment Weekly said a few weeks ago, it, it's not over, and we haven't even seen the worst of it. That's oh, what yeah. he told us like three weeks ago. So since our last live show, which was only two weeks ago, here's what's happened. This is just in the last two weeks. Okay. Matt Lauer's been fired. Oof. Garrison Keillor's been fired. James Levine of the New York Metropolitan Opera fired. Peter Martins, head of the New York City Ballet, has taken a leave of absence. Director Brian Singer has been accused of rape. Russell Simmons, accused of sexual assault, mm-hmm. has stepped down from all of his companies. Congressman Trent Franks has resigned. Senator Al Franken has resigned. Mm-hmm. And renewed accusations of sexual assault have uh, come up against Dustin Hoffman by a stage actress named Katherine Rossiter, who said that he repeatedly put his hand up her slip when they were waiting in the wings during a Broadway production of Death of a Salesman. That's just in the last two weeks. Where to begin? It's it's really something. The most
2: upsetting for me is Daddy Matt Lauer. Why? Because I love him. I grew up with him. Okay, but the most upsetting for me is Al Franken because that's well, like that hurts that, our whole country. That that is also upsetting. But I, I I guess I don't have the same sort of like attachment to him that I do to Matt Lauer. Wow! I woke up every morning, saw his beautiful masturbating face. to Matt Lauer. Yes,
1: still am. If if Matt Lauer had sexually harassed you, Ryan, I would have been so
2: honored, so <laughs> not proud. only would you have
1: not complained to management, you would have begged for more. Yeah. I thought, uh, I think he's attractive. I think he's one of the more attractive sexual harassers that we've <laughs> seen. I'd rather... More
2: attractive than... Um, well, I'd, I'd rather
1: see his penis than Charlie Rose's or, or Garrison, Garrison Keillor's Davis. or Dustin Hoffman's or James Levine. I think that's probably the worst. <laughs> James Levine looks like a Muppet. Yeah, he's
2: definitely a creature.
1: So yeah, that's that's been happening and that will continue to happen. I believe we have a caller on the line. Is that right, Katie? Yeah. Caller, you say what?
0: Hey there, it's... <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Charles!
1: Yes. Charles, I have to ask you something. So since I started putting up old episodes on iTunes, we've had over 200 downloads, and Ryan has a theory that each of them is you. Are you the one who's downloaded the show 200 times?
0: I only have about 40 or 50 aliases on iTunes, so it can't be more than that.
2: <laughs> good to so, know. Charles, no, it's so I, good to hear I, your I, voice. W-
0: that's the thing that actually motivated this call is the fact that Brian pointed out on social media last week that he had never been the active co-host during one of my call-ins. So I didn't want him to feel like I was avoiding him oh, or anything. Very Thank you, sweet. And I you. already defamed uh, Ryan Seacrest <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. You did. So you I, implied that I, he had
1: gotten where he was in his career by uh, spending a lot of time on his knees.
0: Uh, in front of Merv Griffin, yeah. Yes. And uh, I could make... Similar- totally
1: alleged, by the way.
0: Alleged. Oh, yeah, Right, yeah, absolutely. We have to throw that in, absolutely. In spite of the fact that if you've ever been to the Merv Griffin mansion in Palm Springs, he has a whole party room behind a hidden door that leads into the master bedroom mm-hmm. suite. And that, like sound of that. that that mansion is available for rental for private parties. <laughs> well, I would think
1: so now that Merv's been dead for about
0: 20 <laughs> years. Exactly. You've yeah. got to make your revenue where you can find it. Anyway, real quick, yes. have you had a chance to see any episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel?
1: I have not. I did receive your Facebook message strongly recommending The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Netflix, and I've seen the ads for it, and I am definitely it, it, it's, it's on a- my list.
0: It's on Amazon Prime, as it Thank turns you. out. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's just it's it's it's. I th- I thought of you the whole time I watched the series, and I watched I binge watched the whole thing, and I just thought of you because of the uh, Mrs. Maisel an Upper West Side Jewish wannabe stand-up comic. I don't kind see of any deal.
1: similarities. <laughs> yeah, but not, I will definitely not, check not, it out, Charles. It. And I appreciate yeah. that you were thinking of me. And I'll, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll let you free up the line and talk to other people.
1: All right. I love you, and I wish you uh, very happy holidays if we don't speak again until after the new year, okay? Same from me. Bye,
0: Charles. Bye, honey bunny. Bye-bye.
1: Any other calls right now, Katie? Okay. So I want to go back to one of the uh, men that we just discussed as far as uh, accusers coming forward, because this one is very serious, and it's director Brian Singer, Mm. who has, for the second time, been sued for the alleged rape of an underage boy well there's a guy named I'm gonna get this wrong Cesar Sanchez Guzman who alleges that when he was 17 this was back in 2003 he was assaulted and raped by Singer on a yacht in the Seattle area according to Guzman Singer offered to give him a private tour of the ship which was owned by tech investor Lester Waters Once they were alone in a room, the suit said Singer forced himself onto Guzman, knocked him to the floor, pressed Guzman's face to his crotch, made demands of oral sex. TMZ added even more salacious details, saying that Singer pulled out his penis, smacked Guzman in the face with it, and forced it into his mouth. Guzman claims he pleaded with Singer to stop, but he kept going, causing him to choke. There were very similar accusations made back in 2014 by a, uh, a guy named Michael Egan who said that Singer basically did the same thing to him at a pool party when he was 17, 16 or 17. Those charges were ultimately dismissed. And both of these men have the same lawyer uh, mm-hmm. who's named Jeff Herman, a rep for Brian Singer, who, again, uh, is a director. I believe he directed the X-Men movie. So he's mm-hmm. a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah. His lawyer tells TMZ that the lawsuit was filed by the same lawyer who represented Michael Egan. And since those claims, uh, and, and those, he reminded them that those claims were dismissed by Egan himself, by the, the plaintiff, and that Egan later went to federal prison for lying in a different fraud case. So uh-huh. we should take these with a grain of salt, I suppose. Um, and of course, legally, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but right. uh, it, they're troubling. Yeah. Accusations. Speaking of adult men and underage boys, boys, there's a new Kevin Spacey story <laughs> that makes me giggle. This one involves a grown man, a, a full on adult. So, it's, so it's, it's, okay. Wor- it's okay that we sure. can giggle at it a little bit. Um, and the headline on queerty you got to love queerty They're good at their clickbait. The headline says, Kevin Spacey accused of groping member of royal family under the dinner table. <laughs> now, I saw this and I thought, well, it's got to be Prince Harry. Sure. Because who else in that family is worth... Would you ever... I mean, maybe girl. William in a pinch. Oh, yeah. But you're not grew up in Charles. No. Or Philip. No, no. Or any of those homely lesser brothers. Right. Edward and Albert know. and so forth. I don't know her. But no, it wasn't even the British royal family. A former member... And he's not even a real member. A former member of the Norwegian royal family, Ooh. like anyone's ever heard of them, right? has come forward to say that Spacey sexually assaulted him 10 years ago. Ari Ben, who was married to Princess Marta Louise of Norway, uh, claims that the disgraced actor grabbed his testicles during a, Nobel's peace, a Nobel Peace Prize party back in 2007. Spacey was hosting a, a concert in Oslo for the event alongside Uma Thurman, of all people. Mm. We had a nice conversation, the 45-year-old Ben says. He sat right next to me. After five minutes, he said, hey, let's go out and have a cigarette. And then he touched me right on the balls under the table. Hot. <laughs> I wish someone would touch my balls under the table. I mean, especially at a, at a concert being co-hosted yeah. by Uma Thurman. I mean, to me, Who, that's a perfect date.
2: By the way, have you seen that that um, <clears throat> news story about her? She apparently has some tea to spill.
1: About Harvey. Yeah, but she's waiting She or keeps something? saying she's going to tell it when she's ready. <laughs> it's a lot of teas. I mean, it's, yeah. listen... If she's got a story to tell, I sure, hope she tell tells it. it. Yeah. I hope every victim tells his or her story. But come on, Uma. Just shit or get off the pot exactly. already. She's been teasing it for months. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ben says he was totally taken aback. Quote, I got more than I bargained for. <laughs> <clears throat> Since he obviously couldn't make a scene at the Nobel Peace Prize party, he politely told Spacey, maybe later. <gasps>
2: That's
1: what guys usually say to me when I ask if they want to have sex. Uh- Ben has three children with Princess Marta. The couple uh, just divorced last year after nearly 15 years of marriage. Spacey, this I did not know. This is according to Queerty again. Spacey is currently checked into a luxury $36,000 a month sex rehab center in the Arizona desert to receive treatment for his alleged Sexual misconduct. I feel like all those like bougie rehab centers are in Arizona, right? Or Palm Springs. It's, they're in very hot places. Is there someone on the phone, Katie? Oh, we have a caller. Oh. Caller. Oh, isn't Charles? Caller. Yes. You say what?
3: Hey, Adam. Who this? Hello. Hello. Hey, this is Tim and Maine.
1: Hey, Tim and um, Maine. Welcome to the Ass. Hi hey, Tim.
3: Yeah. On Derek and Romaine, I'm usually called Timothy the Time Shifter. Oh, I know Timothy uh,
1: Time Shifter. Lovely to hear from you.
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, I just want to let you know, I do listen to you every week. It's just that I never, rarely, if ever, get to listen on Sundays just because of life. So you do have people out there that listen to you. Thank you. I love the show. I love you. I'm always liking things on Twitter and Facebook. Tim,
1: would you like to have a cigarette and have me touch your balls? (laughs)
3: Uh, Yes. Uh, Yes. 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 But you probably don't want to, because I'm probably old enough to be your father. But that's okay.
1: Listen, Brian's into that.
3: Yeah, I mean. Okay. (laughs) Hey, hit me up.
1: I'm old enough yeah. to be Ryan's father, and I'm too young for him. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
3: All righty.
1: Timothy, tell <laughs> us what's happening in
3: Maine right now. Uh, We've had our first snow last night. As Yippity, did we, skippity. so did we. Yeah, yeah. Um, our state is totally fucked up because we have a whack job governor who is trying to destroy anything good about the state except for um, the rich.
1: Yeah, he's terrible. He's a big Trump supporter. Oh,
3: oh God, he's awful. God.
1: Timothy, do you have someone? Do you have someone warm to snuggle with
3: on this cold winter day? No, I don't. Actually, I've got. I did. Um, I have somebody that I'm interested in. who's mm-hmm. kind of started this kind of long distance. It's long distance relationship, and mm-hmm. um, I actually sent him a gift card for Derek and Romaine because with a note saying that Merry Christmas. If you are even thinking of being involved with me, you better start listening to this because you need to know what a sick, twisted fuck you're hooking up with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, nothing says I love you. <laughs> like that. That's the strangest <laughs> yes. thing I've ever heard. But it's a, nice, it's a nice plug for Derek and Romaine, and they should be plugged.
0: Yeah. They should be that's plugged right.
1: regularly and hard. That's right. Timothy, in thank every, you.
3: Every available oath.
1: Thank you so much for uh, calling in. Uh, if you could be sexually harassed by any celebrity, who would you choose?
3: Uh, wow. Either Chris Helmsworth or Hugh Jackman.
1: Both excellent choices. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm more a yep. Hemsworth boy myself, mm. but, uh, yeah, but you uh, could get it. Well, thank you for yeah. listening live and for calling in, and I encourage uh, your fellow listeners to do the same. It's lovely to talk to somebody besides myself and the crew that are always here, uh, who today, of course, include the beautiful Katie and Gwen. Timothy, keep listening and stay warm.
3: I will. Take care.
1: Bye, honey. Bye. Here's a happy gay story, Ryan. Let's hear it. So, you know, in Australia, they've been having this uh, ongoing same-sex marriage debate that got very heated and contentious. Yes. And it was a ballot initiative where every voter was able to cast a vote. Um, and it actually passed overwhelmingly in support right. of, of same-sex marriage, something Yay. like 63% of yeah. Australia, which didn't surprise me. Australia is a very progressive country compared to the U.S. But um, but now that the, the referendum has taken place, the... Uh, Members of uh, Parliament have to like formalize the law. They had to like do like a, a Formal vote to make it law sure. and in the middle of that one of the members of Parliament Tim Wilson proposed on live TV During a session of Parliament to his longtime partner Ryan Bolger and here's what that sounded like
4: So there's only one thing left to do Ryan Patrick Bolger will you marry me? <laughs> well We'll chuck that in the memoirs and hansard should let hansard note to record that that was a yes (laughs) it (laughs) was yes congratulations thank you speaker
1: isn't that sweet so
2: sweet the speech actually
1: went on um for longer than that you can look it up on youtube the guy's name again is tim wilson the partner's ryan bulger or bulger Mm, bulger it's Bulger even and, uh, and as I said The same-sex marriage bill uh, It sailed through Australia's Senate Last Wednesday After a large majority of the nation polled in favor of marriage equality um, In its final hurdle The House of Representatives uh, Will vote on the bill Probably early this week So good for them I'm
2: very excited for them And for all the people Who are getting engaged
1: Yes And I, I'm not one of them Me either but You're young enough That you shouldn't oh. be well, I, I'm old and single and will be forever. 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 I have more good news, though. This is really good news. New diagnoses of HIV here in New York City have hit an all-time low. Amazing. Amazing. However, what does that mean
2: for the... Chlamydia and gonorrhea. They are through the roof. Actually,
1: we did a story. Uh, I don't know if you were co-hosting this day. We did a story a few weeks back where they were actually saying PrEP was responsible for a drop in STDs overall because guys who are on PrEP have to see their doctor regularly to make sure that right. like the PrEP is working well with their system and that they're not having any side effects. And when they get checked, they get STD screenings. And so guys who normally would go a year, two years, three years without getting screened, they're getting checked every three or four months, and they're catching all this stuff, which stops the spread. So it's a win-win. But here's the uh, statistics. In 2016, 2,279 people were newly diagnosed with the virus in New York City. Only 2,200 people in a city of 10 million. That's That's down 8.6% from 2015. Uh, Dr. Dimitri Tassakakalakis of the health department said, I would even go so far as to say that it's good and big news. I'm pretty euphoric about it, to be honest. Um, the, that's down, way down from 5,900 new infections in 2001, which is when the city first started tracking new HIV diagnoses. It's hard to imagine they waited until 2001 right? to start tracking that's these. a long time. The drop was even starker among, among men who have sex with men. And those are my favorite kind of men.
2: That's the yeah. Among
1: that population, diagnoses fell from 1,450 in 2015 to just 12,036 in 2016. That's a 14.8% drop. And of course, the city attributes this drop among gay men to the increased use of pre-exposure prophylaxis, otherwise known as PrEP. Love Come on, PrEP. Love it. The city estimates that five percent of men who have sex with men were on prep at the start of twenty sixteen, but that grew by that grew to thirty percent by the end of the year. So twenty sixteen was a huge year for prep. Five percent to thirty percent in one year. Wow. So this is good news, and it reinforces what I keep saying on this show over and over again. If you're a hoe, or even if you're not, if you're just if you're a sexually active gay man who's not in a monogamous relationship. Yeah get on, on prep because
2: you probably and you're and, and you're
1: negative i should say because
2: you're probably even if you're not a hoe you're probably having sex with someone who is a hoe
1: thank you Ryan sex with a hoe. exactly and if anyone knows hoes it's me and me yeah. so that's what's going on with that the last story i want to talk about before we get to jackie martling And again, we're going to be talking to Jackie Martling of The Howard Stern Show in just a few minutes. Um, But we need to talk about the traveling butts. Yes. Ryan, explain this story. So there is
2: a couple that has a or had an Instagram account called Traveling Butts. Yes. And their names are Travis and Joseph De Silva. And they have traveled all over the world and have taken pictures of their bare bottoms At various locations, and they went to Thailand and took a picture in front of a sacred temple, sacred Buddhist temple. Yes. And they were arrested and were sent to jail. Originally, the sentence was five to
1: eight years. They were never actually sentenced. They were fined, you know, a small amount of money for something like indecent exposure. But there was a much more serious charge that they were facing which was uh, essentially, you know, desecrating a religious right uh, area. And they were facing five to seven years in prison. Which um, is insane. Yeah, the offense would have been... Mm, I'm trying to find it. Anyway, so their Instagram page was taken down immediately. I'm not sure if they took it down or someone else did, but it was taken down, and their status was unknown. They were just in Thailand. Yeah facing these very serious charges and the media all over the world were reporting this story it was very salacious obviously and showing this picture of these two guys standing in front of a hindu temple with their asses hanging out now the asses were blurred in the news reports but i had seen their asses many times because i not only had i followed traveling butts on instagram but i kind of know these guys i lived in san diego a long time ago i don't know if I actually met them or if I just knew friends of theirs, but I, we've been Facebook friends for a long time. Sure. They're really sweet guys. I understood the outrage. Yes. I get it. But in context, you have to understand that they went all over the world posing like this in front of countless landmarks. Right. They did it in front of the white house. They did it in front of the grand Canyon. They did it in front of Niagara falls. You know, I, I'm, I'm naming things that are all, very close to America, but all, right. all over the world, you know, the, the, the Sistine Chapel, you know, whatever. Yeah, It wasn't like they said, let's go to Thailand to desecrate this sacred exactly. temple. Exactly. Was I, it careless? Yes. yes. Was it thoughtless? Perhaps, but it wasn't. They were not singling out the Buddhists to offend. They were just doing what they always do, which is showing their ass in a picture on their own Instagram page. And however you feel about that, I don't think, if you're in your right mind, you think it should deserve five, five to t- seven years in prison. Right. Now, I posted about this on my Facebook page, and a lot of people went ape apeshit. Yeah. And a lot of people went shit on their own Facebook pages. These guys are a disgrace. This is why everyone hates America. They get what they deserve. People were freaking out. It's not like they jacked off on the temple.
2: It's not like they... They just stood in front of it and they showed their asses like it's I get it. But it's
1: like if it had not gone, if the the story had not gone viral, if it hadn't been been published in the media, no one would have ever known. Right. Just like all these other pictures, they would do these. They would they would take these pictures surreptitiously. Right. So nobody was around. So essentially they were mooning their own camera. And then posting it on their instagram page that is the extent of what they would do right and i had people saying to me oh so they do this to everyone and i said no they don't do anything to to anyone anyone." this is largely (laughs) entirely a victimless crime except in this one instance where the thai people were deeply offended and i'm not trying to minimize their feelings but you have to think about what the intent was and the fact that, again, this was not an isolated incident. This was this was like their, their thing. This was their shtick. Like, let's show our butts. Right. And they, by the way, have beautiful butts. They do. Well, we have breaking news because it is now confirmed that they have been released by Thailand and deported. They are back in San Diego, safe and sound. I actually reached out to Travis De Silva a short time ago to ask him if he'd like to come on the show. He said they're trying to keep a low profile right now and did not want to do any media But he did send me a a Facebook message that he said that I could read on the air, which is this, quote, it was a mistake. We did not mean to disrespect anyone and we paid for it. Not sure why people still want our heads, especially in the community. But that's humanity. That's it. And we went back and forth and we talked and, and I said, you know, I think that for gay men, this whole... Um story has been very triggering, and a lot, of, a lot of gay people, I think, are projecting their own insecurities and their own shame onto these guys who they see as, like, these wealthy, privileged white, white boys white who gays. go all over the country and do whatever the fuck they want. They don't care about anyone but themselves, and they show their asses, and how disrespectful. But I think there's a lot of jealousy mm-hmm. and a lot of just, like, misdirected rage at these two people who, again, mooned their own camera. Right. That's the extent of what they did. Should and they have done it standing in front of a Hindu temple? No. no but they That's, did. They've paid the price. Can you imagine how terrifying being locked up in a foreign country and facing five to seven years in prison? It's fucking crazy. I'm happy they're back. I'm happy they're back. I'm happy they're safe. I'm sure that they, if they ever do start up that Instagram page again, which that they we're will hoping, stay away from. Which I am praying that they Fingers do. Fingers crossed. Ryan is a big fan of their butts. Yes. I hope I, I. would assume they would stay away from any religious and/or sensitive areas going forward. But Jesus Christ, everyone needs they to need a Lighten scout. up. They need, <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan is hereby Joseph and Travis. If you're listening, uh, Ryan is hereby volunteering to be your uh, production assistant. Yes. Slash fluffer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you need those butts to be licked, anything prior to the photograph, uh, is our guest on the line? No, we have a oh, we have a caller. Caller, you say what?
4: Hi. Hi, Adam. This is Susan from Philadelphia.
1: Hi, Susan from Philly. How are you? (laughs) Good. How are you? Good.
4: Um, I just wanted to bring up something from the last segment that you did about the um, STDs. Please. Um, So supposedly now I'm hearing about a new drug-resistant strain of syphilis. Yes. Um, And the thing with syphilis is that allegedly, supposedly, Henry VIII, um, supposedly, died of syphilis was the rumor. A lot of that's people. That's like why he went so. Cr- yeah. Al he Capone. Was so- oh, I didn't know that mm-hmm. one. Supposedly, he, you know, he went so crazy because it almost makes like it kind of eats your brain after you know the advanced the advanced stages of it. Yes. It like eats through your brain and makes you insane. So that's you know that's pretty scary. Yeah, I
1: mean, listen, all all bacteria are becoming drug resistant. It isn't just STDs mm-hmm. like the the um, st- oh, sure. staff. And the mm-hmm. flu and all of these very common um not the flu because that's a virus, but all these bacterial right. infections staph and strep and and gonorrhea mm-hmm. and chlamydia they're all becoming because because antibiotics are over prescribed right, so right that's a real problem
4: yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because that, that frightened me when I heard it
1: it's scary and you know people should be If again sexually active people should be getting tested for all STDs because the earlier that you can catch them the more easily the more easily treated they are and hopefully they will come up with more antibiotics uh, soon so that oh, right. actually I'm not sure why but he's calling me right now Katie Susan I apologize uh, I anything, no problem, anything no else problem. you wanted to add nope just
4: wanted to let you know I'm still listening and I still love you
1: I love you, and thank you for calling in. We've had three callers in one show, Ryan. So How exciting. This is so exciting.
3: <laughs> have you, liked, you. Have you
1: liked the Adam Sank oh. show on Facebook yet?
3: Uh, I have. Yes, absolutely. Excellent.
1: All right, honey. I love you. Happy holidays. Bye, Susan. All right,
3: you too. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
1: How exciting, Ryan. This is a big day There for really us are here. people listening. Really? It's not just Charles. They like me. They really like me. They really like me. And you. And me. And Katie and Gwen. Um, we are waiting uh, momentarily to speak to Jackie Martling uh, on, on, from the Howard Stern show. And um, anything else you want to bring up before that? Because that's all, the only thing I want to talk about today. I mean, let's see.
2: Well, I just feel like the thing, the thing about the Traveling Butts uh, account is that though their butts are very nice, luckily, there are hundreds of couples posting their asses, so... There's no void.
1: Yes, once again, Ryan is an ass aficionado, or an ass aficionado, if you will. Correct. And he follows a number of Instagram accounts dedicated to the butt. I should just, I should just get a, an
2: Instagram account exclusively for butts, so I have, like, just feed, just entirely of ass <laughs> Feed those butts.
1: Yes. All right, well, Ryan, uh, it is now time for something I've been looking forward to for weeks, because today we welcome a legend to the ass- as a lifelong Howard Stern show fan, I'm, what are we listening to right now, guys? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, we welcome Sorry, an... Sorry, a- I don't know We welcome a le- that happened. <laughs> That's all right. Let me start again. Today we welcome a legend to the ass. I am a lifelong Howard Stern fan. I'm freaking out that he's agreed to come on and talk to us. He was the head writer on that show for over 15 years, as well as one of America's top comedians. He's written a new tell-all book called Joke Man, Bow to Stern, and we're going to talk about that. But first, here's a little taste of the comedy stylings of Jackie Marlin. <laughs> Hit it, Gwen. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself.
4: <laughs> the guy's on an airplane, airplane's taking off. He looks across the aisle. There's a lady breastfeeding her baby. <laughs> a couple hours later, they're coming in for a landing. She's breastfeeding the kid again. He Excuse me, ma'am, I couldn't help but notice you were breastfeeding your baby on takeoff, and now you're breastfeeding him on landing. Is there a reason? She says, Yes. I breastfeed my baby on takeoff and landing so his ears won't pop. <laughs> the guy says, fuck, in all these years I've been chewing gum.
1: <laughs> and joining us on the phone all the way from <laughs> Long Island, New York, is Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Come on. Jackie. I hey, Jackie. I'm sitting here laughing at this guy. Oh, hold on, turn, turn him up. <laughs> Say that again, honey. I'm s- I am sitting here laughing at that comedian. Because he's hilarious. You love your own jokes.
4: (laughs) Jackie. That was some auspicious beginning there. I I heard you
0: fumbling and,
1: you know, dealing with the engineer. There's nothing like radio, is there? There's nothing like live radio. I'm so happy that you did this, even though you were supposed to be in the studio, and you wound up doing it from 40 miles away in Long Island.
4: Well, let me tell you a secret. Last night I worked at a place on Staten Island. I never worked before called the Looney bin and my, sure. my, what I was going to do was work that club then come back to my city apartment and hang out for the day and then come hang out with you and I said you know what I don't want to miss a whole day of spending the night with my girlfriend you know it, it's Christmas time you sure. know and we're decorating the tree I was so suicidal after that show <laughs> if I had to come back to my apartment you would probably have probably had to come up and, and pull my bloody body out of my
1: apartment listen Staten Island's a rough place man I won't do comedy there
4: Oh my God! You know it, it actually was fine, but it, it's just it, it it's just it was depressed. the place was depressing. But we we had a great show and it was terrific. And I'm I'm actually being kind of a dick. No, you're not. But, uh, but I'm but I'm glad I came home and uh, I'm at a Christmas shopping and had a great time. I I promise you, I want to come in there and sit with you. But the holidays are tough, you know, because there's only so many days, you know, to to run around and waste your money. So uh So I you know. I, I I will take a rain check to come in and sit with you guys. Well, not only and, are you uh, going to sit with you, like you do show in the news, That's what somebody
1: told. Yeah, me. not only are you going to sit with me, you're going to sit on me. Ah, <laughs> uh, and speaking, I, well, I live for that, and you know I live for that. And speaking of which, in this book, uh, Bow to Stern, which, uh, which I read from front to back. By the way, I read the entire book. Um, now you, is that the truth because you know i, I will quiz you Sam. dude you, you can, know i do not trust you you quiz me on anything i, I but i want to start with this because we just did a lengthy story about naked butts and you show your naked butt in the back uh cover flap you show a picture of yourself butt naked from the back and i want to know how recent that picture is because that's a fucking well, good ass
4: the reason i did that is is jokes are funny and everybody loved jokes but I certainly wanted to appeal to the homosexual uh, male community. And I figured, what other way, but with a picture of my, not only my ass, but my body is tan and my ass is white. So not only is it white, uh, you know, with the white com- contrasted with the tan, it's a beautiful target, right?
1: Let me tell you something. That's the best-looking 69-year-old ass I've ever seen.
4: Well, it is not a 69-year-old <laughs> ass. I will tell you the truth. But it is not a 45. It, I would say <clears throat> it's... It's probably from seven years ago. There's, uh, you might even know who this guy is. There's a guy named Bob Carey who was doing a photo shoot for a girl who was doing a, a great uh, music CD. And she became a friend and she wanted to do a photo shoot at my home because it's on the water. And they came and took all these pictures. And I said, well, the least you can do is take some pictures of me. So he took a whole bunch of great pictures of me. You know, the one on the actual back back. Uh, cover of the book is me lying in the water and it's a great picture, but he you know, he took a couple of naked ones which were fun. But his name is Bob Carey and he his wife had breast cancer and this guy went around the world and has been on all television shows around the world having pictures taken of himself in a pink tutu. Wow. Have you ever heard of this guy? I haven't the tutu guy, he is a he's not handsome. He's he's a he's a decent looking guy, but he's a fat and he's got pictures of himself in every national monument and the Great Wall of China. It's kind of
1: like <laughs> what we were just that talking guy, about on the air, about these...
4: That kind of people, you know?
1: Jackie, I want to get to the book, because there's so much I want to ask you about. And the first thing is, you've kept relatively quiet about your time on The Stern Show all these years. Well, I, yeah, that's one thing I have to correct you, Adam. Because people saying it's a tell-all book. And
4: then there's people writing reviews saying, Jackie's uh, so full of crap, he's telling everybody he's writing a tell-all book and there's nothing there. I have never called it a tell-all book. All it is, it's a truthful book. Every story in there, every syllable is the gospel truth. Uh, there's no there's no uh, behind-the-scenes tales, but there weren't any. Everything that we did or that Howard did, everything connected with that show was on the air. But the Jackie... stuff that people don't know is stuff that, you know, people wouldn't care about, you know financial stuff and a little backbiting here and there
1: but you but, reveal you know, for the
4: most part it was, i loved it you
1: know you but i'm not saying it's a it's not a um you're not dishing dirt on howard or the show it's not that kind of book but you are remarkably candid in the book about yourself and one of the things that i found most shocking was that you revealed the actual figure that you were making in your final year of the Stern Show, you reveal in the book well, that. You, let me
4: tell you why, Adam. Let me tell you can why. Can I ju- wait? Can I just tell uh, the Adam, listen?
1: Can I just tell the listeners this? Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, in course. your in your last year of the Stern Show, you were making a. No, base- no, no, no!
4: Don't tell them how much. Don't tell them how much because that's the selling point of the book.
1: All right. Don't all them I'll them. say is it's an astronomical figure.
4: I and I agree. I agree. It was an astronomical figure, but not for what we were doing and not for what we had make, were making. They were printing money. It's, I always give the same analogy. It's like saying the Ringo, you're making a lot of money for a drummer, and him saying, I'm not a drummer, I'm a drummer in the Beatles. You yeah. know, I was making a lot of money, but they were, they were making so much of such frightening amounts of money, and I did not price myself out of the ballgame. I asked for a raise. I didn't ask for so much money that it, it couldn't be met. You know, And they just stopped negotiating, which is what really hurt. You know, but so many people, they look at it, because most people say, God, I would have sat there and worked on that show for free, because there were such huge fans, and wow, you had the best seat in the world for all those years, but the bottom line is, it was work, and it was incredibly taxing, and it really, you know, it it just took your life, your life's breath away, which I totally enjoyed, but I wanted to be compensated, and at some point, you know, you make the deal with the devil, that I'll keep making the deal with the devil for X amount of money, and, uh, and that was it. But you, you know, also people keep saying, you must regret it. I don't, I still have no regrets.
1: But you also reveal in the book that in part of your asking for such an enormous increase was that you did, you were finished. You did want it to end as much as you loved it. You were, you were worn out. You were drinking too much. Your marriage was on the rocks and you were exhausted. And so part of it was, I'm going to, to give this insane, fa- this insane, uh, ask and if they say no, then it's fine because I'm ready to leave.
4: But, that's know, what that's, I took from it. That's not that's not totally correct because it wasn't an insane ask. I always say, if somebody says, "Do you want to work in Nome, Alaska, for the weekend?" You don't say no. You say, "I'll do it for two hundred thousand dollars." And if you get the gig, what the hell? You go to Nome, Alaska. It wasn't, it wasn't pricing myself out of the ball game. But it, it was, was almost double. Was- it
1: was almost double what you had been making. Yes.
4: Uh, not really. Not real, you know. Um, it, because it, it, if, if you look at what I actually wanted to make, it was a healthy jump, and then with healthy jumps going along, if if, if you read, you know exactly how it went, and and the point was it, it wasn't ridiculous. I'll tell you, years before I had walked out of the show a couple times cause if I hadn't walked out of that show three or four times, I would have never had a decent salary. I right. mean, I had to fight and fight and fight. And one time I got called by Dominic Barber, who was a, a friend of the show, was yes. a lawyer. And he, he called up and he said, Jackie, what are you doing? You're going to get back on the show. And the, he said, well, what's the problem? And he said, uh, and I said, well, I, I want to raise, you know, I'm, I'm making 300 grand, and I want to make 400.'" And he, he said he almost drove off the road. He said, everybody out here thinks you're making a million and a half dollars and you're asking for two and a half million. And when he heard that it, it was only, you know, only $400,000, he said, what is Mel Carmison doing? He's going to risk the entire Stern show for that stupid amount of money? And and then that was, you know, that's why I gave the facts and figures in the book, because it's been bandied about that I was making this, that I was making that, and everybody's, you know, and they've just changed it around, and everybody thinks they knows what they know what's going on. I didn't talk about anybody else's salary. No. I just said, look, this is where I was at. If you think I'm crazy, that's fine. Well, it impressed this, it impressed me the because truth.
1: the one thing celebrities never talk about in, in, in their memoirs is money, and I was very impressed that you did, and it, it definitely helped me understand your departure from the show as someone who, who's who been listening to The Stern Show since I'm 14 years old. Uh, Jackie, and reading... Well, you know,
4: what is? It, whether whether you agree or disagree or think I'm crazy, at least it gives you a firm thing to make your... To, to, make a decision about you absolutely know what I mean? have an opinion about because it. if it's just a floating thing you know if you don't know if it's a hundred thousand dollars or a million and a half dollars it's pretty hard to nail down let me tell you this at at by the year 2000 i had a lot of money and my wife and i weren't doing well we've kind of been cohabitating you know coexisting for a couple of years you know people oh jackie we lost his job and nancy left him that wasn't the fact at all we were for all practical purposes, we were broke up. We just didn't have time to go anywhere else. And I had so much money, and I was doing great gigs for great prices. But, Adam, I was so tired. I mean, I walked around tired all the time. You now, must I don't have know been. if you've ever been really tired. If you're exhausted, there is no fun.
3: Right, I'm there's no you, joy.
4: The was in black and white. You can only look at your bank account and see millions of dollars, you know, often it's like it doesn't matter and if you just you know i mean, in the 70s i was the happiest camper i didn't have a penny we're smoking pot and getting drunk and getting late and having the time of our lives without a penny to our name yeah you know but we were dancing around and i was like there's got to be more to life than being this miserable it was my own fault i don't fault anybody else i had to take a goddamn nap I would have been fine.
0: Let me tell you the funniest right. thing. Wait, wait, Jackie, I will, Jackie. I want to.
1: I want to move on because because I, I have like fifty other questions for you, and we just uh, we got stuck in the money pit. But I want to ask you about other things in the book. One of the. Th- oh, go ahead, go ahead. One of the things. Let, in let me v-
4: just go through, Let me just do a quick uh, advertisement. If you want to buy the book, JackieTheJokeMan.com, That takes you right to the Amazon page for so the hardcover, the Kindle, or the audio book. Artie Lang did the forward. He also read the forward. The audio book. Uh, Everybody I know is really, really enjoying the hell of it, especially old Stern fans that love hearing me read my book in the car. But uh, just go to JackieTheJokeMan.com, buy one. I tell people you can send it to me and I'll sign it and send it back if you send me the postage. And I got people all over the internet saying, What a cheap fuck. Meanwhile, I make ten cents on the book. No, I get it. I get it. dollars in postage. I recommend right,
1: so it. That, it's a,
4: advertisement is over. It's a
1: great read, and I, and I got through it very quickly. Jackie, it, it, reading the book... Adam, did you really read it? Ask me a question about the book. <laughs> Ask me one question.
4: What's on page 198?
1: Oh, I don't have it in front of me, asshole. Listen, when you I... Know I'll tell
4: you know what, I'll tell you one thing that happened. The page numbers, well, only for the first printing. There's been like four printing. I'm actually selling some books. But the first printing, the whole second half of the book, the, pay, the, the index, the table of contents, doesn't match because just before we went to press, they said, hey, you can do four more pages of pictures. I put in, I gave them four more pages of pictures, but they didn't adjust the numbers. So for the whole second half of the book, the table of contents doesn't match. Oh, doesn't who gives match. a shit?
1: Listen, I'm glad you brought up the pictures because whenever I read a book and there's photos, I always flip to those first. Because I want to know who, you know, if, if you're talking about these various characters that I don't know, I want to know who, 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 what they look like. First thing I noticed, Jackie, there's not a single photo of either Howard or Robin in the book. Now, I have to think, I have to think that you asked them and they said no.
4: Well, let me t- I'll tell you exactly what happened. Uh, I always thought that if I took your picture, that I owned that picture. Sure. So I could use that picture. If you took my picture, you could use it. It turns out people say that if I take your picture, it's my picture, but I have to get your permission. If somebody else takes your picture, I have to get their permission right. and your
1: permission. Right.
4: So I didn't know what to do. I wrote to uh, Robin, Gary, Fred, and Howard. I I didn't like the Howard cause I didn't, uh, you know, I did not want to put him on the spot cause I know he's not going to say yes. Robin did not reply whatsoever. Of and course. Gary wrote back, uh, uh, "What's the book about?" I'm going to have to ask serious. I'm like, Jesus, why don't you just say no? You know, you're going to ask serious. You know, so I didn't put any pictures of Gary or and uh, and Fred said it was all right with him. So I just I, I used some pictures of Fred. Yes,
1: Fred's the only one in his, the crew it's, it's, that made it. It's, it's Fred and John.
4: Pal, you know, me and him, me and him were connected at the hip, and I love them. And uh, so and I don't begrudge anybody. I just always thought I'd be able to use the pictures I had. It turns out I couldn't have some great well, pictures from
1: NBC and way back. There you were know. plenty of pictures of you in Howard's book, so I was kind of surprised that there wasn't a single one of, of his and yours, but well, I, you know, I course, immediately knew what was never up. Got
4: asked Right: I never got asked about that, but it was like, you know, either your, either your signature or your brains are going on that contract, you know?:
1: <laughs> Sure. Jackie, reading the book, it seems what came across to me is that it's very important to you that people know that you were writing so many of those hilarious things that Howard was saying over the years when you were on the show. I, I wonder if you, would you have been happier if it had been the Jackie Martling show? No, no,
4: no, 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 no. The point is, I love my job. I created my job. And I love doing it, but I never had any desire to be the leader. I don't even do a podcast, Adam. I don't like carrying the ball. You know, I like to be there and take pot shots and laugh and continue, but still You'd be surprised. I mean, people in show business, people in show business had no idea that I was writing jokes. I know that some people, it's so obvious to them, and I wanted people to know that because so many people thought that I was just sitting there, and you know, between having a good laugh and being a good target for them to pick on, that almost was enough to warrant me being there, and that made people like, where the hell does he come off asking for more money? And meanwhile, they have no idea that you know. I had a lot to do with what happened to that show, and I and I know that, and anybody that really knows knows that. And Listen, I most get, of all, I get Howard it. knows that.
1: I get it because I'm a comedian, and it would drive me crazy if if I was constantly writing jokes for someone else who got laugh after laugh after laugh, and I didn't get any credit for it. Like that would drive me insane. No, no, no.
4: I, Adam, I did get credit for it, and I don't begrudge that. But there's just so many people that weren't aware of it. Like, it, it, it's, it was very gradual. I don't know how long you listened, but for the first couple of years, nobody had any idea. And then it became more and more of a thing. I, like, when we started going on the road and people see me passing notes to them, like in Los Angeles, you know, the, the writers, like the Los Angeles Times guy, was flabbergasted because they had no idea. And I didn't want to scream it from the rooftops. I didn't care about that. But I just wanted people to know that that's where I was coming from, asking for more money and and wanting to be compensated. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, hey, I want to be a Jackie Marley show or I want to have more. I didn't want any more billing. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted people to know why I thought I was important to the show. That's all. And it was like. And it, and it also was very integral, and it's very funny. It made A lot of the stories make a lot of sense, you
1: know? One of the things that I've noticed as a listener, this is not from your book, this is just from my experience listening to the show all these years, is that once someone leaves the Howard Stern show, for any reason, Howard's done with them, right? It's, it's, it's kind of a you-can-never-go-home-again type thing with him. <clears throat> but the thing about you is you did come back. You, ha- you had a, a lengthy interview uh, several years back, I want to say maybe ten years ago, you came on the show on Sirius and you talked with Robin and Fred and Howard, and it was it was pretty cordial. And then for eight years, you had Jackie's Joke Hunt on Howard 101. What what became Absolutely. of that?
4: I, you know what? I, as far as I know, everybody loved it. It was an hour a week, and then uh, you know they sometimes they play it as many as six times a week in the, in other time slots. And then there would be less and less, and then they kind of cut back some time a little bit. And then they incredibly, they, they, they slashed our pay. I, I wouldn't even tell you what they did to our pay. I didn't talk about that in the book. And uh, there were so many things that aren't in the book. There's no Jackie's Joke Hunt. There's no high school. There's no college. There's I mean, a little I bit of college. My, well, a little bit, but I mean, my whole second book... Is, is already written I mean there's nothing in there about I, I played rock and roll the entire 70's we had the craziest wildest stories but that's you know they wanted a lot of Howard Stern stuff and there's so much Stern stuff that never made there's nothing in there about private parts you know I don't think Buck Bongo Fiesta things, I mean it's a treasure trove of stuff and it's all it's not tell all stuff it's just fun stuff that happened behind the scenes and stuff that people think they know and kind of know and, and it's very very funny but, um, I, I, Jesus, now I completely forget what you asked.
1: But, I was uh, asking about, uh, about people who have left sort of once, like Howard yeah, basically you know, making a very clean break with anyone who leaves that show.
4: Yeah, they had, they had the, um, the second to last show when they were on terrestrial radio, they had me on and, uh, and that was great. It was really fun. They were sitting there and, and it was one of the great times of all time. And then, uh, When they got to Sirius, a while later, I came in as a guest, and then I had the Jackie's Joke Hunt, and it went for eight years. And we did an hour's worth of dirty jokes for an hour a week for eight years, and everybody loved it. And then they just unceremoniously just stopped it. They just pulled the plug, and it was like in the middle of November, and then we didn't get invited to the Christmas party. And then Howard had a 60th birthday party. Drone by Sirius, and we were on a channel on one of his channels, and me and my partner were not invited to his birthday party. And all my friends are writing to me saying, "Can I be your plus one for the party?" And I tell them we're not invited. They say, "Come on, you don't have to lie to me."
1: You've got to be and pissed about ever that. That, that. out. I'm sorry. That, I, I, has, that has to. That crazy. has to piss you off.
4: Well, it doesn't not piss me. It doesn't piss me off anywhere near as much. As it baffles me, I would love to know the reason why we're excluded. He, they had people on there that you know, like listeners and people that they, they had don't everyone. For 10 they had
1: everyone who had ever had anything to do with the show was at that 60th birthday. I am shocked hearing that you were not invited. Like I'm literally shocked. And I'll
4: tell you this: see, I will tell you right now that if one person walked up to him and said, "Gee, Howard, it's so great to see Jackie again." That would have wrecked this day. I'm telling you right what now. Is, what is your relationship? You know,
1: it, what is your relationship with Howard today?
4: I, you know what? I'm sure if somebody went up and said, "How uh, how are you?" and he would say, "Fine, there's no problem, and there's no real problem. It's just like uh, you know, there is no relationship there. You know, I don't. I think it's a mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, who's the funniest one of all? And I think it always bothered him that I was helping. But I don't think, I don't know how far, you know, the fact he was funny made all that craziness fly. You know, the the most subtle thing I ever heard was from people that listened in D.C. And they said, you know, I've listened to him in D.C. and now I listen to him in New York. And when he was in Washington, D.C., he was outrageous and funny. And since you got on the show, he's funny and outrageous. Which sounds really—it sounds like the same thing, but it, you know, if you lead with the funny, it just makes it. You know, if you're breaking balls, if you're giving somebody a hard time, if you make them laugh, it just softens the whole thing. You know what I'm talking
1: about? Yeah. If If Howard called you today and said, "Jackie, we fired Benji. We need you to come back. We want you to to write jokes for me." Would, what would What would you say?
4: I say, "How much money, man? <laughs> no, I was I was going, I'm going in the heartbeat. Oh, let me tell you, Adam." When I walked in, and I, this was in the book, and I wrote this in the book, and I really mean this. When I walked into that show in February of 1983, and I sat down, it was me and Howard and Fred and Robin. And at the time, I had no idea anything about radio or, or anything. You know, I was, I was in a band, but that was, you know, but that was like, it was, bands are weird, you know. But when I sat down with them, something clicked, but I wasn't even aware of it. And it just did, and it just clicked and clicked and clicked and got better and better and better for all those 18 years. And the last day I was on there, it was the same four people, and it just was still clicking. And to this day, once in a while, I used to call into the show. And I would call into the show, and the minute they picked up the phone, and it was Howard and Fred and Robin, and I was on the phone, I'm telling you, we clicked right back into that show, which you can't put your finger on it, but, you know, if people say, oh, the show is so different now, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, I think if I walked into that room, it would be the exact same. It would click right back. And unless, unless they've completely changed. But, you know, people just don't change that much.
0: You know, well, one thing that I
4: think sort of how it's the most crazy is I have this funny ball. You know, I can make him laugh. You know, I, and that can be very disarming,
1: you know? Sure. Well, I recommend that people buy the book. It's called uh, The Joke Man, Bow to Stern available on Amazon, wherever fine books are sold, and at Jackie... Is it JackieTheJokeMan.com or JackieMartling.com? <laughs> the,
4: the, the, the website, the, the URL that goes right to the Amazon page is JackieTheJokeMan.com. That's one, one word, JackieTheJokeMan.com. I also tweet jokes every day at 420, and I'm always, you know, uh, pumping the hell out of the book on that. So if you go to at JackieMartling... On Twitter, you know, jokes every day at 4:20 international marijuana time. And and, of course, your your joke line
1: 516922 wine is still in effect after 48 years, Jackie. In the time remaining, can
4: you believe that's still going?
1: It shocks me. I called it just to make sure it was still operational, and I and I heard a filthy joke, Jackie. In the in the couple minutes we have left, it's time to play. Ask me no questions. (laughs) Hit it, Gwen. Ask me no questions. Here we go. What's your favorite word?
4: Uh, my favorite word, geez, that's great,
1: uh, sex. What's the gayest experience you've ever had?
4: My favorite, my favorite word is
1: jokes. Jokes. What's the gayest experience you've ever had? The gayest experience I ever had was, uh, when we
4: were kids, we used to, uh, shoot each other like cowboys, and sometimes we'd have to each other up, and I remember getting a very warm feeling rubbing my
1: buddy's chest. Oh, I like that. The one food you will well, never put. I made
4: put... it up, Adam. I'm
1: trying to get you excited. I'm am <laughs> masturbating as we speak. The one food you will never put in your mouth. Are you? <laughs> who's the greatest? Who's the greatest stand-up comedian of all time? Me. Are women as funny no, as men?
4: No, Rodney, Rodney.
1: Rodney. Dangerfield, of course, who you talk about yeah, extensively in the book. No second
4: place. There's no
1: second. Are place. women as funny as men? No. Oh, how dare you? Of course they are. What was the greatest single night of your life in stand-up comedy?
4: Um, the night at the uh, Montreal Just the Last Festival, 1993, which I detail uh, ex- explicitly in the book. I, I, I just destroyed the room at the Montreal Just for Last Festival and played Stump the Joke Man and got stumped on the last joke by a North Asian girl and it was just the funniest and wildest and the greatest single night I've ever had in my life and and that's head and shoulders above any other night
1: what's one thing that you would like to do before you die
4: um maybe run for office
1: really I can't imagine that for real
4: well you know what I'm too old but God damn it, everything is such a fucking mess. I think I could
3: always help.
1: Well, that dovetails to my last question, which I ask every guest. Will Donald Trump still be president a year from now? <clears throat> not if I can help it. You're not a Trump fan. I can't
4: believe it. And it, with all these guns running around that somebody has to put two and two together, that's all.
1: Well, I don't want to. That's a horrible. That's yeah. a horrible thing. To let's say, be clear. Trump, I, let's be clear. We don't want anyone to assassinate Donald Trump or no, anyone else.
4: No, no, no. But you know how the how the hell that happened? I will never know. Do you how feel the like hell?
1: you don't listen to the show? Right? Because I I feel like Howard's kind of gone easy on Trump so far. No, I
4: don't, I never. I didn't listen to the show when I was on it. I didn't listen to the show after I left it. I don't. You know. I don't listen to anybody, but the, I, I get up in the morning, I'm scared to turn on the television, because you don't know what he did next.
1: And the last you thing... You know, I
4: think, it's all, I think it's all wag the dog. You know, all the Jeru- Jerusalem and and North Korea and everything's just so nobody will be paying attention when they figure out what he really did with his money and with Russia.
1: I'm with you, bro. Jackie, I know you love your plug. so where will you be performing in the coming days and <laughs> weeks?
4: Uh, believe it or not, this will excite you. <clears throat> I'm going to be at Sapphire this Thursday, which is a gentleman's club.
3: <laughs> yes. He
4: scores at 60th and 1st. I'm doing a book signing. I'm reselling and signing books there. My good friend Adam Sands set up a book signing, and those are great guys. And January 6th, I'm going to be at the Miser Theater in Boca Raton. And more locally, January 10th, Wednesday, I'm at the Parks Casino in, uh, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and January 20th in Yonkers at the Hot Comedy Club. And February 3rd, my favorite place in the world, the Studio Theater in Lindenhurst on Long Island. Jackie Martley. Great Jackie Marling,
1: you are a legend. Thank you so much for coming on the Adam Sank Show. It was wonderful talking to you, and please buy his book, Bow to Stern. I want to thank Jackie. I want to thank Ryan Frostig, who will be back next week co hosting. We will be talking to the amazing and hilarious Mo Gaffney, one of my favorite comedic actresses. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. And download my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. Have a great week, bitches. Hey. Woohoo! Hey.